Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Shadow Speaks. I am your host, Linda, and today's discussion is about calling aspects of the soul back home. This is part two of a three-part series on soul loss, so I hope you were able to catch the previous episode on soul loss and the shadow. And if you are able to identify an aspect of you that seems to have been lost to your consciousness, you will want to invite that soul part back home. So what can you do to make that aspect feel welcome and safe? Well, sit back and relax, and I will share what I did. And be sure to listen to the end so that you may receive a simple healing exercise to help you roll out the red carpet to invite that lost aspect home, bringing you closer to a state of wholeness. There are many parts of us that make us who we are. That is why we are able to successfully take on so many different roles and can adapt to things like age, circumstances, and changing desires. This is why someone with strong parental qualities can also have passionate, intimate relationships. And someone who loves to relax in nature can also be a hardworking CEO. Humans have the uncanny ability to call in the aspect that serves their goals and desires at will. Disharmony comes from different parts of you being in opposition to each other. Once you realize that there are different parts of you operating, you can decipher which are operating in your highest and greatest good and which are not. But remember, those that are not are only doing so to direct you to what needs your attention. This is the evolution of the soul, to learn, grow, and integrate. The goal is to resolve what makes different parts of you opposed so that you may reharmonize and live in alignment with who you truly are, your authentic self. Each part of you, which Carl Jung refers to as archetypes, has light attributes and shadow attributes. They are the same energy, but inverted, creating polar opposites. When a light attribute falls away, which is considered a lost aspect of you and often referred to as soul loss, its polar opposite becomes operative. So if it is an aspect of you that is courageous and fearless about life and new circumstances, the shadow aspect will be timid and fearful of what lies ahead. And you may not even be aware that it has happened. Thus, curious comments like, I never used to be like this. What happened? When a shadow aspect becomes operative, you may feel consumed by negative emotions unhealthy behavior and habits, and feel compelled to mask them as opposed to facing them. I must say, though, that many times we feel forced to mask our emotions. 
We can't just go hike off into the mountains for 10 years and return when we've worked out our issues. In today's day and age, there is always pressure to just keep functioning, regardless of how you feel. And if you can't, pretend you can. So don't beat yourself up for pushing stuff aside. You've actually been taught to. But by doing so, you may start to hold negative beliefs about yourself with unending, self-defeating, self-talk that can make you feel overwhelmed and engage in self-sabotaging behavior that is riddled with self-punishment. This is where shadow work comes in. Shadow work allows you to break up the stagnant, stuck, negative energy by stirring it up, which is why it takes great courage to do. One belief I hold that helps me to discern is that all bad acts come from pain. This belief helps me to hold great compassion for myself and others. It's not always easy and I often fall short, but it never escapes me. The pain cries out from souls that have not healed. Heal the pain, heal the soul. This is why it is critical to interact with your shadow and extract information and messages from it. Projections and judgments have loads of information for you. So address what your shadow is communicating to you and it will give the wounded energy an outlet. Your awareness of your shadow operating helps you to identify what has taken up residence in the space. Awareness is always key because awareness has no position, no argument, no judgment, and it can clear the path for the part of yourself that has left to travel back home. It is also important to note that the part that fell away will need to feel that it is safe to come back home. For example, if you're in an abusive relationship, whether it's physical or emotional, and feel that you have no choice but to live in a state of fear? The soul aspect that fled most likely will not return until you can assure it that it is safe. Ironically, you can be in a very difficult situation and refuse to negotiate your internal position that you are worthy and your soul will assist you in every imaginable way possible to resolve the situation. The key is for the soul to be absolutely sure that you are committed to yourself and consider your well-being a priority. It doesn't depend on anybody else but you. A dialogue with the soul part is highly effective. The soul part can communicate to you what it needs to to feel welcome and safe. And you can communicate with the soul part that the space it left is always there for it, and you will do whatever you must to prepare and maintain it for the aspect to reunite with you when it is ready, and open your heart to receiving the soul aspect fully. You need to illustrate that you have grown, learned, and that you are willing to work hard to maintain a healthy energy field to the best of your ability. You don't have to be perfect. The message is in the sincerity of your intent, 
that you will be aware of the kindness and consideration that it, which is you, deserves. So imagine your energy field is like stadium seating in a theater with four rows of three seats, each seat representing an aspect of your soul. When a soul aspect leaves, the shadow will take its place and the seat then becomes occupied by your unconscious. Lose enough seats and you may walk around in a daze because you are operating solely on autopilot. In other words, unconsciously. So if you don't do the work to bring the light to the shadow, where is that soul pot going to return to? The seat is occupied and the soul pot will not immerse itself into a negative space. The most important lesson I have learned in healing is that no one can do it for you. You can get help, but the most powerful effects take place when you are fully engaged. Now that could mean being fully engaged while being helped, but no one can heal you for you. I did a powerful energy clearing session once with a shaman and cleared so much energetic debris that I randomly walked by a box in my basement with a picture of myself and my ex and abruptly stopped because it looked unusual. I stared at it, trying to figure out what was different. I looked and I looked and intently focused, looking into my eyes and then his. And I realized that all of the clutter around our relationship was gone from the image, or rather, was gone from me. I could see the image clearly without the attachments of a story about us or the residue of painful experiences from the past or the expectations of how it was supposed to work out. The issue still existed, but it was much more transparent after the energetic clutter was cleared. So be sure to get help if you need to from an energy healer or a therapist but always stay completely, fully engaged. And once you start to do your shadow work, you send a powerful message to the lost soul parts that you are aware of the loss and are working to bring them home. It's kind of like running away from home, but nobody's looking for you. But when you begin to do the shadow work, it sends a message to the lost aspect that you are looking for it. It is a call to the soul part to come back home. In some cases, you can be sending out negative messages to soul parts without even realizing it. One day I was listening to an audiobook and something that was said in the book triggered an emotion and I suddenly felt overwhelmed with sadness. I realized that every time I wished my past could have turned out differently, that I was denying the very essence of myself and my experiences, sending a message that my life was not adequate. The most powerful example of this was raising my son. I always wanted my son to be raised with two parents. His father was not present, and I had a couple of relationships after him 
hoping they would become father figures, but it just wasn't meant to be. I raised my son and he had a good life. But I found myself years later, after my son was in his 30s, seeing a couple lovingly interacting with a child in a commercial or on social media, thinking in a lighthearted kind of way, that would have been nice to raise my son like that. And suddenly I started crying as though my young parent self was sitting beside me saying, thanks a lot. Sorry I couldn't have lived up to what you wanted. Sorry for being a failure. And I was blown away. I cried as if to plead with her, no, you did amazing. But why was I acting like that? Where was that coming from? And what was the message I was sending to my younger self? So I wrote a letter to all parts of me. To all parts of me, you are welcome. I accept all of me. I am sorry to all parts of me that have been ignored or rejected. To my child self, I'm sorry for rejecting you and your innocence, as though you were an embarrassment to my present self. I'm sorry for using you as a force to blame others for the negative experiences in my life. Please forgive me. I welcome you back. All parts of me are welcome. To my teenage self, I'm sorry for allowing you to be used out of fear of rejection. I'm sorry for ignoring your vibrancy and beauty and courage to step out into the unknown. I welcome you in all your pain and trauma, triumphs, and accomplishments. And the most important lesson that I seek to learn right now, how to embrace the fear of the unknown with trust in God and the divine force that always knows what it is doing. You knew that. Thank you for the wisdom you have shown me in the truth of your chapter in my life. Please forgive me. I welcome you back. All parts of me are welcome. To my young adult, I'm sorry for feeling your time was worthless and blaming you for not being able to cultivate a meaningful relationship. I'm sorry for being embarrassed to admit I was you and going to great lengths to hide you. I'm sorry for not honoring you and your womanhood, for the truth of how it was, was your womanhood. I'm sorry for not lifting you up with pride and a sense of accomplishment. I'm sorry for ignoring your strength to overcome my ignorance of your divine beauty and presence. I'm sorry for not seeing you. I see you now. Please forgive me. I welcome you back. All parts of me are welcome. To the mother in me, I claim victory in you. I gave you my heart and soul for the love of my child, my greatest creation, that which sparked divine love in my heart. But as time wore on and I couldn't prevent my child from experiencing growing pains of the world, I'm sorry for expecting you to be perfect. 
I'm sorry for forgetting all the beauty you brought to my life. Please forgive me. I welcome you back. All parts of me are welcome. To the old crone, I'm sorry for ignoring your wisdom and the great lengths you went to in order to acquire it. I'm sorry for not recognizing and honoring you myself. I'm sorry for not embracing you and holding you in your time of need. I'm sorry for reaching out to others instead of loving you myself. I'm sorry for wanting to put out your light because it was too dim, for it is I who was blocking it. I'm sorry for feeling I haven't provided for you when it was my spirit I always had to offer. Please forgive me. I welcome you back. All parts of me are welcome. To all parts of me, you are my history, my failures, my victories. You are my worth, my testimony to life. I will sit with all parts of me, no matter the pain, for the pain comes from me ignoring you, and it is mine, not yours. I will face the emotions and welcome the beauty that you always held that I didn't see. I embrace all of me in this moment on this day and vow never to leave you again. To all parts of me, you are welcome and I love you. You have made me, me. With all my love, Linda. Whenever you reflect back on your life and think of that difficult experience or the one who hurt you, let you down, disappointed you, and wish it could have been different, you disregard the you that went through it, handled it, overcame it. And that aspect still exists. There is nothing but the present. So imagine that incident, occurrence, or circumstance happening right now, and then think of yourself that experienced it. What would that part of yourself be saying about how you talk about it? How you may refer to it as powerless when it is fighting with all its might? Or how you refer to it as wounded when it sees itself in the battlefield doing its best? Here is a simple exercise. Imagine that younger aspect of you sitting right next to you, the part of you that dealt with a difficult challenge. What would you say about him or her in the midst of their battle right in front of them? Write a letter to that self. How could you encourage them, honor them, love them, assure them of your presence and dedication? And then, pick your favorite love song and sing it to that aspect, inviting it back home. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to our next discussion. Many blessings to all. <music>